multiple explosions at a critical road uh, bridge uh, linking Crimea to Russian-occupied Ukraine. Russia says the explosions were caused by Ukrainian missiles supplied by the UK. Ukraine acknowledged the strikes but didn't say whether the missiles were British-supplied. Russia says it intercepted nine of the 12 missiles fired, and CNN's chief international security correspondent, Nick Pagan-Walsh, is in Ukraine with more. Jim, these two bridges hit that run from Crimea, the peninsula occupied by Russia in 2014, and the Zaporizhia region, Kherson as well, recently occupied them in the last war. Well, they're near Chonha and Henichensk, and they're vital parts of both the civilian and military infrastructure. Russian officials kind of trying to brush the damage off, really, saying they'll be functional again by the end of the day, and that they have another one anyway, uh, running to the west of those. But still, this is, again, pinpoint strikes by Ukrainian missiles, Russian officials suggesting those were indeed British-supplied Storm Shadow missiles. They have some sort of safe capability to get through air defences, although uh, the Russians are suggesting they took down a significant number of those indeed fired. But the pinpoint nature of these strikes against Russian infrastructure is key because it's about disrupting supply routes, particularly from the military stronghold of Crimea up towards Zaporizhia's western area near where I'm standing that is essentially the focus of this latest thrust of Ukraine's counteroffensive. They want to move down to cut Crimea off from the rest of Russian-occupied territory. It's very slow going, but the bid, I think, here is that these resupply routes can be cut by these pinpointed strikes. Quite how successful these strikes have been, we will know possibly in the days or weeks ahead, if indeed they do impact Russia's supply lines. But sometimes these attacks presage an uptick in Ukrainian activity. Unclear at this point, but it caps an awful 72 hours of tit-for-tat strikes going back and forth between uh, Ukraine admitting that some military targets were indeed hit in the last 24 hours, some perhaps by hypersonic missiles launched by Russia uh, and two uh, significant drone attacks by Ukraine on the water against a uh, Russian oil cargo ship, a Russian amphibious assault ship. Remarkable targeting, frankly, by Kiev using technology that's pretty new, but still the focus really now on the counter-offensive and whether or not these pinpoint strikes against Russian infrastructure can try and give Ukraine an edge in that, Jim. All right, Nick Payton Walsh, thanks very much. Joining us now is retired U.S. Army General Mark Hurtling. Uh, General Hurtling, uh, great to see you as always. What's the significance of Ukraine uh, going after these bridges near Crimea? We, I mean, we've heard time and again uh, that Ukraine would love to get uh, Ukraine would love to get Crimea back. Is that what this is about? Partly, Jim. Uh, yeah, Nick just mentioned uh, the targeting. You know, many people don't understand that in the military there is such a thing as a targeting process. What kind of targets are you going after? How will it affect the battlefield? Uh, what kind of things do you need to do to, to literally restrain your enemy from doing the kinds of things he wants to do? And, and that's what's occurring here. When you're talking about the offensive operations of Ukrainian forces in the Southeast, they are attempting to liberate the two provinces of Kherson and Zaporizhia. As you look at the map that you have posted on, on uh, the screen right now, a lot of the supplies are coming into those two provinces where the red area is uh, from Crimea. Others are coming from a small town uh, across the border in Russia called Rostov-on-Down uh, along a major supply route or what the military would call a line of communication. When you interrupt that passage of supplies, whether it be ammunition, food, resupply, personnel, equipment, um, uh, arms, all of those things will hinder 
the defensive operations of Russia. And that's what uh, I believe the Ukrainian main effort is, is not only to continue their offensive operation in a smaller way than anticipated and perhaps a little bit slower, but they're doing it by literally taking away the capability of Ukraine to reinforce, excuse me, Russia to reinforce and resupply their forces on the front lines. This is all critical. Yeah, and, and Russia is saying Ukraine used British-supplied missiles to carry out these strikes. Why, why is that important? Yeah, it's important. The Storm Shadow missile that, that Nick just mentioned, it's very different than some of the other missiles that Ukraine has been, been firing. Primarily, it's not fired from the ground up into the air like a ballistic missile and then lands on a target somewhere down uh, in, in enemy territory. It's shot from a, a, a Ukrainian aircraft, and it's a cruise missile. That means it has different types of guidance systems, GPS, inertial guidance of terrain following. So it's a radar that, that follows the nap of the Earth close to 100 to 200 meters above the ground. When you have that, it can't, it's difficult to detect by, this, by the Russians. It's also very difficult to shoot down. The, the hmm. key thing also is it has a range of about 150 miles, Jim. So this can hit those major ammo dumps, those resupply lines, uh, the railroad transport lines or the highways that most artillery can't hit. And you can hit it from behind the Ukrainian lines. So the airplanes that shoot them stay, stay safe. They're not engaged by Russian air defense, and they can shoot from longer distances to hit the supply lines that are affecting the, the Russian uh, uh, military operations. Yeah, and General, um, this caught my eye yesterday. We were talking about it a little bit yesterday. I'm sure this caught your eye as well. Uh, we want to look at this video obtained by CNN that shows a Ukrainian sea drone uh, attacking a Russian oil tanker on Saturday. What do you make of the use of this technology? It just seems more and more we're seeing the use of these drones. And it's, it's kind of ingenious on the part of the Ukrainians because they, you don't really need much of a Navy if you can use these sorts of Navy drones under the cover of darkness, I guess. Well, again, it's a requirement to get the right targeting to use these kind of systems, Jim. But, but none of these sea drones or aircraft drones uh, un unmanned systems, as we call them, uh, are new. Nothing is new about them. What's hmm. interesting, though, is that Ukraine forces has ad have adapted so well to build this kind of equipment, to, to take literally inexpensive capabilities. Uh, that sea drone, as an example, probably cost maybe a couple of thousand dollars. And right. it's, it's literally either damaging or destroying a ship that runs in the hundreds of millions and it affects the Russian capability to defend the Black Sea. So that's, you know, it's, it's the return on the investment, first of all, but it's an adapting of a civilian uh, type of capability, uh, a remote controlled motorboat, basically, to strike a ship. And, and it's been fascinating to watch Ukraine adapt in many of these ways. Yeah, I was just gonna say, it almost looks like a jet ski or something, and they've mounted a camera on it. And I suppose it's being used for propaganda purposes as well to tell the Russians, oh, by the way, we can just use this low-tech way of coming after your ships. Yeah, it's definitely psychological warfare. You know, Russia, yeah. and, and it's not only psychological, it's physical, Jim, because Russia now has realizes they have to defend in places they didn't anticipate defending in, hundreds of miles away from the territory of Ukraine. 
in the north, or excuse me, in the southeast sector of the Black Sea. Those, that's almost 500 miles away from the coastline of Ukraine. When you endanger boats in those areas, ships, main ships, with something like this small motorboat, it's really significant because Russia then has to calculate, gee, how do I defend that? And right. where do I take forces from other places in order to do that? So it's, it's very challenging, both psychologically and physically, to do those things. Yeah, uh, just fascinating video I wanted to ask you about. All right, uh, Lieutenant General Mark Hurtling, great to see you as always. Thanks so much. Pleasure, Jim. Thanks.